0: Hey, everybody. Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, I am honored to have Frank Lacatena. Close? Lacatina. Lacatina. Yeah, no, it was there. Yeah. Lacatina. All right. So I, I, I have. Throughout the course of this podcast, I slowly work my way through the rosters of bands. And so right now I'm on the slap of reality kick. And so uh, we had Joe Kaiser in a couple weeks ago. And uh, obviously I talk about Rob Sexton a lot because he's always refusing to come on the show because he's (laughs) the grouchiest fucking guy in the world. He's very social. Yeah. Yeah. He's very
1: social.
0: (laughs) Uh, But I love Joe and Joe and I have hit it off. And, you know, he's uh, the Michael who produces this show is actually uh doing a video for the path you know they're working on new music with that right now so i've I've been able to hang out with you a lot so anyways thank you so much for coming in yeah appreciate you having me so i have kind of stalked you a little bit of late knowing that you're coming (laughs) on the show we had a couple of false starts we did when you were going to come on but it's funny because you kind of lead a dual life it would seem you know you know a CEO, CFO, corporate suit by day and a and a punk rocker by night. I mean it's it's it,
1: they don't seem to go together. Yeah. Right? Do, do yeah. people
0: at your job know your your um alter ego? Yeah.
1: Some yeah. some of them do. And then, you know, in a meeting, they feel like they have to share that and it's, it's just a foot easier. in the door, it's an interesting
0: story. Yeah. It's just it's funny because I always ask people, like, for me, it's the most impressive thing you could tell me about a person. Like, I just any anybody who's in a band, like I right away I'm their biggest fan. But it's funny because like my buddy Greg and Wolfface, I'll ask him if his daughters care. And they're like, they don't give a shit. They don't like my music. like it, it's funny how much it doesn't matter to the people closest to you. Is that your experience? Um,
1: well, you know, my kids are still young enough to wear like I- they don't have to pretend to like me. Sure, yet. They yeah. still kind of do. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, they're they're wowed by it like, "Oh my god, daddy's on on YouTube or whatever."
0: Right. Um have they ever seen you play live?
1: They never have. Okay. No. My my wife, whatever, she's just tired of me. She's not After, big on your kids moshing uh, or uh, you know,
0: stage diving. I come
1: home with a you know a, a practice tape that I just recorded on my phone, you know, like in uh, voice notes or whatever, voice right. memos. She's like, yeah, I, I can't hear anything. It just sounds like shit. I'm sure it'll be great when it's done, but I don't know what that is. When you so, met her,
0: were you in that life? Did you meet her at a show? Was she <laughs> was she in that world or no?
1: No. Okay. So, I grew up um, in New Jersey until I was a freshman in high school. Okay. So, she was like kind of my first real girlfriend in New Jersey. And uh I moved here. We, you know, that was – Ages ago, pre-internet and email and everything. What year are we that. looking at? 86.
0: And how old were you then? Uh, 15. 15. So, this was high school. This
1: was high school. Yeah, I moved my freshman year of high school. And uh, so, anyway, you lose touch because, you know, you can't just pick up the phone and call people because it costs money back then. Right. And uh, anyway, long story short, fast forward a bunch of years and we kind of met up uh, at a time in our lives where she was available. I was available. She was still there. I was still here. Anyway, reconnected, ended up. That was 15 years ago, 16 years ago. I ended up getting married, and we have twins. And
0: How old are your twins?
1: Uh, they're going to be nine. Okay. They, yeah, started very late. Uh, but no, uh, long not- story short, two-eight, I know, but uh, not about this life at, at all.
0: Well, so. It's a, so that's an interesting point because, you know, my wife, she just looks at me dumbfounded by the music I listen to. And, you know, we met in law school, so... I kind of hit it in law school, like I didn't advertise kind of what I was into or where I was from, because I was trying to be low key. And she always, she always laments that she's like, "You didn't, you didn't really let me into this world until yeah. much later on." I was like, "Well, that was by design. I'm not going to scare you off right off the bat." Yeah, but. yeah. Um, so nine year olds, so that's a good age because you can leave them alone for a little bit and they won't burn the house down.
1: Um, I, I, I haven't left yours? them alone okay. yet. No, okay. you know, they wouldn't burn the house down. Yeah. Probably like the opposite. They'd probably be like terrified. Oh, okay. And uh, of being left alone. Well. Um, so yeah, soon. Soon.
0: La Catena, is that Italian? Italian. So Italian from New Jersey, a big family, Catholic family. What's your what's your background like?
1: Um, I mean, my family is Catholic. Yeah. As far as me growing up.
0: Was religion a big part of your family? Not
1: at all. Like Was
0: music my, a big part of your family?
1: Yeah. My grandmother, um, who lived to be a hundred. She had an all-girl like band. Fucking Italian
0: grandmothers, figure, they didn't I know. figure the that guys,
1: out. I guys, I have like another six weeks in me. And I, yeah,
0: like, and you're done,
2: yeah.
1: But uh, she played like in an all-girl band as a teenager oh, wow. back when, and funny story, she tells me this, I have to believe it's true, um, they were auditioning for a singer, right? So they had a, they had a, a guy come audition and they thought he was terrible, like, ah, oh, he's a pimply-faced kid, he's awful. That ended up being Frank Sinatra. I was thinking it yep. was either
0: going to be Valley or Sinatra or something like yep. that.
1: So, yeah. But like our musical tales are full of near misses and, man, did we fuck up. So, there's, there's we have lots of those. How history. was but growing up
0: early on in New Jersey? Did you?
1: I mean, it's what I knew. So, it was fine.
0: But- My relationship with New Jersey has evolved over the years because, you know, I grew up and New Jersey to me was pretty much Springsteen. And then a little bit older, it was Sopranos. But then I went to a wedding there, and it's the most gorgeous countryside. In it the, is. I mean, the guards we <laughs> get there, and everyone just,
1: sees the airport area. Well, yeah, they
0: always. I always think of mob stretch. and and you it, know Atlantic City, and which is
2: real. I well, mean, sure, it's sure. There.
1: I grew up probably like ten miles from the airport. Okay. It's, Actually, a ton of The Sopranos was shot in,
2: right there in my hometown. Okay,
1: um, like the final scene. My sister's house is about twenty-five yards. I'll show Burmettos, you pictures Burmettos later. Where
0: Meadows trying of, to parallel park? Of, yeah. yeah,
1: of me sitting in that in that booth.
0: That's hilarious. It's a place called
1: Holsteins. It's like an ice cream place, but uh, um, music-wise up there, I can't speak to now, but it was like just classic rock, and like I still have a ton of friends that I talked to up there, and like. They're still kind of trapped in the shit. I was just never. I can't. Into I can't Pink think Floyd of many New and,
0: Jersey punk or hardcore. Not that there isn't. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh,
1: well, some of my favorite, like uh, Shades Apart. Okay. Um, Adrenaline OD. Okay. Um, there's. I know there's more and I'm going to feel bad that I'm missing no, them okay. right now, but yeah, but there's this room
0: has magical qualities. X that, number
1: five, another great band. From, I, from
0: what Texas. I, what I love too. And I always do is, is I do a post-op where I go back through and effectively write up a bibliography. I love when people name drop bands. So do it as much as possible. Okay. Because like Tim Ogden from path of increased indifference and all these other people, they come in LA Mayo and they drop all this stuff and it's, just broaden my vocabulary. So, by okay. all means, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so you're a little bit older than I am. How old are you? I am 49. Okay, so you're four years older. All right. So, growing up, 70s. I mean, were you were you a Van Halen guy? Were you a Zeppelin guy, or what was your music as a as a high schooler?
1: As a high, well, I didn't really care too much about music. Probably about like the third or fourth grade. That's okay. when I first started playing music. I played the trumpet, and uh, I like. Billy Joel. Was there jazz shot.
0: in the house? How did the trumpet make it? Just because that's what was available at school? It, it was
1: one of the smaller things to carry back and forth to school. Right, right. So, that wasn't a flute.
0: Sure. Um, so just, you got you to gotta avoid the flute at all costs.
1: Got to avoid yeah. the flute. So, I like Billy Joel, Sticks, Queen. Um, now, my brother, who is five years older than me. Okay. He came home one day uh, with uh, the – never mind the bollocks. And oh, he yeah. put it on. I didn't know what it was, right? I just knew – Holy shit! I've never heard anything. Did he just swear? Yeah, he, he just cursed. So my mind was blown. I didn't know what it was. My father or my brother lived with my father. My parents were divorced. Brother lived with my father, and I lived with my mom. So I saw my brother maybe like twice a year. So I wasn't able to like.
0: Was he in New Jersey too? Or he was in they- New Jersey too, okay. but you know far enough away that she like just didn't see him. Thirty minutes other. away. Sure, yeah.
1: And uh, so I couldn't like really pick his brain, like, but it always stayed with me. Like, what the hell was that that I heard? And then. Um, a guy moved from California, a friend of mine, Paul Parcells, from Stockton, California. And he was your typical California, you know, like skate punk kind of sure, guy. Sure, yeah. So, like, I immediately gravitated towards him, whereas then all my friends there gravitated away from me because I was no longer- You were no that. longer part of that pack, yeah. yeah. And so, he turned me on and I'm like, looking at your skateboards on the wall, two of the five first vinyl records I bought are hanging on your wall. Both of yeah. those Misfits records. Yeah. And- uh so yeah, he was like, Oh, here, misfits, circle jerks, black flag, fear. And I, man, I just couldn't get enough. And then there was a radio station up there, WFMU from uh I don't know, it might be fairly Dickinson. It might be sure, I'm yeah. not sure. But they did like a punk rock show on Friday night or Saturday night. And so I would record it and go back and listen to it. Had no clue, like who any of these bands right. were? I just loved it, and I think I mentioned on your page. Yeah, yeah. Because
0: yeah, we, were, I was just talking about first bands,
1: right? And so through the years, that I started buying records, I was, like, holy shit, that's Necros. So they were right. on that comp. Right. Holy shit, that's like you know, stop not. Nah, nah, start nah, to knocking by the Descendants. Like yeah, that's, yeah, that was on that on that tape. Right. Right. And it, so probably a good 10 years like I was able to connect all these bands it was pretty
0: cool. It, it, there's this whole it's funny cuz I'm not a uh, sports guy. I know you're really big in hockey. and I want to talk about that later but I I've I mean I've always being a bigger guy. I've always played but I'm not much of a, a fan. I got gotcha. you. So I can't, you know, I can I know just enough to be dangerous talking about sports but I can go deep down the rabbit hole with bands and all that other stuff and it's it's very similar like I think if you kind of lined up that fandom, you can really, you know, you know, who played third base for the Mets and whatever, or you know, who, you know, Chuck Biscuits was a drummer for the Misfits and Danzig and, and Sammy and all, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and all this other <laughs> stuff. So you just kind of get through it. So, um, yeah, but it's funny. You mentioned the Sex Pistols. There's something about, for me anyway, that I, I'm, I'm working on this idea of kids who kind of grow up in this pretty much distilled environment and they get just a little glimpse of dangerous music. And for me, uh it's funny because the earliest dangerous music that I think I remember was probably Run DMC, which is funny because hip hop, I I I love hip hop, but it's not like I'm not as conversant in hip hop as I am as right, in punk right. music. But I seem to remember with MTV around the time, like, you know, I'm in eighth grade, it was Run DMC and Public Enemy and, you know, the Beastie Boys were not evolved, right. you know, like. You know the nation of you know you know Buddhists. You know they were still talking about girls and you know had big yeah. dicks coming out of the stage. Yeah, like Eric B and, and that. Rock or, right, right, right. Stuff, yep. But then I also remember the movie Thrashing, and uh, they had Wild in the Streets, yeah. th- and and they're all skating down the, the hill in San Francisco. Wild in the Streets and Circle Jerks. And, uh, then at some point pay to come from bad brains. Give me, give me, give me, uh, you know, and then misfits. I, I always dug the horror punk kind of vibe. I like the cramps and, and, yep, yep. you know, dug that so much. And it's, it's funny because it's almost like a, a drug addiction. Like I've noticed over time, it's like, it's got to get worse for me. Like now, like what was you know, untouchable. You didn't want to go near it as a kid. It's like, that's too tame. Like, right. what do these people do, you know? So, I think it's like there's this little Nas X now that everybody's talking about. He's got the Nikes that he's supposedly got blood in. I was like, you're not yep. even scratching the surface of no, Gigi Allen or some of these crazy bands that are out there. I mean, Burning Churches in Norway and all this other kind of stuff.
1: It, yeah, yeah. It, it, they're, you know, ruffling the feathers of... Of just your but that's what it is. It's poking. People. Yeah, it's poking like, society. It's cool on the level that it's on. Sure. But uh, as far as like dangerous music or whatever, just, yeah, I, I can remember that feeling. The first time hearing something like that, just never having heard anything that, whatever you want to say, like that aggressive or that angry or just, just that much feeling, period, just sure. coming out. Like, I don't know. When did you start
0: playing? Away. When did you pick? I mean, did you play an instrument <sighs> besides the... Yeah. Uh,
1: no, I, I, I've i tried to teach myself guitar, you know, and I play well enough to sit in my room and never let anyone else ever. For sure. Hear. Yeah.
0: It's like, I play golf, um, Yeah. You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, I've always wanted to, I think playing guitar and singing at the same time is like the coolest thing in the world. I guess everybody in the band wants to do what other people, someone else do. wants
0: to do. And I, it's, it's very true. Uh, it, you know, I, I went on this, this whole kind of walk uh, walkabout with drumming uh, because it's such a, Primal thing that doesn't have a vocabulary like, like with notes and keys and I mean it kind of does, but it right. kind of doesn't. And and so I really got into that. But right now, you know, I've I've got some friends together and we're talking about starting a band up. And uh, you know, I asked the question the other day is like, how did you develop your voice and singing? Right. Because in I don't know if you want to call it heavier music or harder music or punk music or whatever. Uh, To the uninformed listener, it may all just sound the same way, but there's really a breadth of different styles that you could get into. Do you remember what singers resonated with you early on? Like what voices you heard? Yeah, oh, for
1: sure. Um, I would say uh, (laughs) anybody that knows me knows exactly what I'm going to say. Okay, It would be Kevin Seconds, without a doubt. Uh, um, did they produce an album of your uh, he released um, Our Time it, Alone, okay? Coverage.
0: That's what it was. I knew there was some crossover yeah. there, okay?
1: Um, and so it would definitely be be him, you know, from from the onset. How did you
0: get to meet them? How did you make that connection? Did you um, just play with them, over yeah, for we them, or something? Okay,
1: at Janice, they were on, I, I think it might have been the ourselves tour, I can't remember exactly, okay? And uh, they were always like my favorite band, and they changed a bunch over the years, but. Then like my voice, I sang a little more. It wasn't so much yelling, and that's kind of what he did. I was like, "All right, there's somebody else that's playing like fast, aggressive music, but
0: some melodies, a little bit of singing, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly." And uh, so anyway, we opened for them, which just for me, sixteen-year-old me, or however old I was, was like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" Right. And uh, well, shit, forty-nine-year-old me still thinks it's cool. Yeah. But uh, so after we got done playing, you know, Kevin was on the side of the stage watching the show, and he's like, "Hey, you know, are you guys?" Signed or committed to anybody or whatever. It's like, no, we did like a seven inch with Vona Communications, and we have nothing right now. So he's like, hey, well, here's my number. I'll be on the road till whenever. Call me. Uh, you know, I want to. I want to put out the the next record. I'm like,
0: wow. and that's everything. Like, it probably doesn't get better than that. Like, it didn't. like no, later it on, hasn't. you can sign a billion dollar deal, but but probably it's not going to feel as good as that situation. It no, yeah,
1: it never will. I, I mean, I still remember that that moment. As clearly as, as the day it
0: happened. Right, and, right, right.
1: So we've kept in touch over the years, you know.
0: So 15 years old, you moved from 15, you said you moved from New Jersey mm-hmm. to Brandon. Plan- I moved to Brandon. Okay. And where what high school did you go to?
1: Um, well, actually, I got sent back because ninth grade was junior high here. So okay. uh, I went to McLean, okay. which was now, an interesting change for me.
0: Now, at some point, you run into the crew, and like, there's this, there's this, you know, I've talked about it so much on this show, but Claremel has this kind of weird greenhouse <laughs> effect for, for nuts, just yeah. absolute crazy people. You know, there's Brian Schaefer, there's and and for those from there, they get real kind of picky. It's like, well, no, 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 they weren't from Claire. They, were, they were from Palm River. No, yeah. no, 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 no. This, you know. For me, it's all that area, but you know, Brian Schaefer, uh, I have Jay Turner on later, uh, from Anchor Skate Supply. Dave
1: Peralta. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So uh, it's, Rob. it's crazy to me, yeah. you know, this breeding ground and it's, it, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, I don't want to call it a hood, but there, there, there was this kind of territorial.
1: It was rough vibe yeah. there
0: that you kind of don't have anywhere else in Tampa. I don't think. No. I, and how, what do you attribute that to?
1: I have no idea. I mean, I would say, it was, were you,
0: I mean, were you scared when you first came there? Was it kind of, <laughs> did it freak you out? But I mean, you're coming from New Jersey, so it's like,
1: yeah, well, I mean, I was coming from like suburbia. Okay. And, uh, but I would say just like, it's an older neighborhood. Yeah. So I think you had like a, a pretty big mix of people and being an older neighborhood, I guess at some point it kind of became like, well, we're income, whatever you want to say. And, uh, it just looked kind of a little beat up. You it know? seemed like a bunch and, uh, of
0: young men kind of left to their own devices.
1: It, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, but uh, that's where I spent the vast majority of time. We practiced out there, and how,
0: you know, how soon after moving here do you meet Joe and Rob and all those guys? I mean, um, is it a while or?
1: I would say when I first moved here, it probably took about six months or so to meet like my first friend that I still talk to. Who was uh, that? Uh, his name is Ray Guevens. Okay. So, we were at the, uh, I was there with the girl that lived in my neighborhood, and he was there at the um, Nativity, like they do like a carnival thing. Right?
0: That's for my, probably with my wife. My wife, she's 47. Oh, she okay. went, heard the Basiglios were all out uh, that way. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm walking by, and I was wearing a Circle Jerk shirt, and he was wearing a GBH shirt. And back then in Brandon, you know.
0: Even now in Brandon.
1: Right. We may as well have just had like spotlight something.
0: If you don't have Salt shit. Life or Flats Mafia on out there, you're, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: And so, we just instantly started talking to each other. You have we, to be and, friends at
0: that point. I mean, it doesn't even matter if you like each other. Exactly. Yeah. And luckily, we did. We still yeah. talk.
1: And uh, so, we became buddies. And then, like, he had lived here a little bit longer. He had just moved from Okinawa. Oh, wow. And, yeah. So, he knew some people. He introduced me to some people. And then from there, I got to know, um, like, Matt and Mark Otachuk and, like, the whole – That whole Old crew. Yeah. crew.
0: And, Were you an athlete at that age? I know you're big into hockey now. Um, Were you? I
1: wrestled in high school. Did you? Not once I got down. You to got therapy. a good
0: right. You, I, I, yeah. What did you wrestle at?
1: So, <laughs> you're not going to believe me, but 128 pounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, so, yeah, something happened in my late 20s.
0: Well, it happens to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Pizza and beer and uh, yeah, exactly. all that good stuff.
1: Um, but I quit wrestling when I went to move to Brandon High.
0: Yeah, that's if you that's, know anything about that program. Sure. What's the big family that. out there? The uh, one you always hear uh, about. Uh, in the Cozart days? Russ Cozart. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, I couldn't wrestle there, but yeah, growing up, I played basketball and, and wrestle or baseball rather and wrestled. And
0: so there's this kind of, uh, this story. There's kind of just different storylines that come out of there. There's. There's people who kind of peak early and people who peak late. And I don't mean to be derogatory about people who peak early because actually what I'm thinking about are amazing individuals. But like I've talked to Dave Decker, you know, who came from that area and he's had dark periods in his life. And my cousin, Chris Bryant, who grew up in that area and he's doing amazing now. But, you know, there was kind of some people who go off on a, a, you know, kind of their own journey and kind of find hopefully found themselves back. And then there's other people like, you know, I was talking to Joe and he's like, he's like, this is a sad indictment on that area, but I'm probably one of the more normal people that came out of there. So that's I, probably true. Yeah. yeah. But it seems it seems, at least from what I know of you this far in the interview, that you and he kind of track that same, you know, at some point you go into the professional
1: world and kind of. Um. Yeah. I mean, back like right post high school sure. years or what have you. Um, we were still playing music and, and what was the move music. to New so,
0: York? There was a move to New York. It's then you all decide you're going to move to New York. Well, We pl- signed, we okay.
1: signed with, uh, uh, a label called skein who was, so this was at the time that, you know, majors were just gobbling up bands like, you know, offspring and,
2: right, right. and blah,
1: blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, Jeff Spiegel from skein records, he was a friend of ours from years back. He actually put out the awake seven inch and he put out a lot of cool stuff. And, um, so he put out a seven inch by us called Drowned Out. And then he signed a deal, like he kind of got gobbled up by East West Elektra. Okay. So he was like, Hey, I want to do your next record on through them. We're like, oh shit, yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, so there were three records that or two records that were coming out before us, Trenchmouth and a band called Bob Evans. <laughs> and uh so back when record labels still gave you money to sure. to go record and I'd never seen that you know, much that, money, yeah. right? Yeah, I think about it now. It's not that crazy, no, I mean, yeah. But at, at, at that, that time, time like,
0: sure, Holy shit, yeah.
1: So, uh, so we we signed that deal. We went in, we recorded. And we're like, you know what? This is this is where it's at. The the label is up there. Fuck it. This is our. Whatever,
0: it's a bold you know. move. You're, 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 you're,
1: yeah, you're all wild out, but you know, it's like this is our one chance. Let's go up. You know, right now, Offspring's blowing up. Green Day's blowing up. We're gonna be coming out on Electra. Why not us? Let's go do it. We'll go play. So anyway, so we all uh, relocated, except for one. But our original bass player, John Ramos, lived in New York, okay. so we were able to get we were able to get John to come back and play. Um, well, the first two records that came out before us did not so good, so they axed that. Yeah, they axed the whole deal with Skeen. Yeah, so that record only ended up coming out on a small label in Italy called Runt Records. Right, we ended up not doing anything up there, and other than. Going there for music, I don't like. I didn't want to live there.
0: Were you heartbroken, or were you okay to come back? Like, how did that hit you?
1: Um, I mean, I was bummed. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely bummed.
0: So, I, I kind of skipped ahead because I like. I, I, I want to talk about was so it was slap the first band that you were in, or were you some other bands before <laughs> that?
1: So uh, there was a band in Brandon that was called Scrapple. You know, okay, delicious yeah. Yeah. breakfast treat yeah. from from the Mid Atlantic, and uh, I used to just go watch them practice, right. And one day, their singer, uh, Russ, who manages, uh, what the hell is the Mead Place down in Ybor City? Uh, anyway. There but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Russ. Cigar City. There you go. And uh, he was their singer. He wasn't there. Okay. And they're like, Frank, you're here all the time. Do you know what you want to say? So I'm you're sure. the
0: Henry Rollins of, of Scrapple. <laughs> I guess so. And so... Uh, By the way, so the name it. of this episode is either going to be Avoiding the Flute or Henry Rollins of Scrapple. I've already decided <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a tough pick.
0: <laughs> Both great. Pick. Yeah. All right. Go ahead.
1: Um, so anyway, from there on, I just was singing for that band. It was kind of short lived, and then uh, so the guys in that band. It was. Were you a singer
0: at all before? Had you sang? Never, like, I mean, never, ever. ever. So selfishly, I'm going to use a, a moment of this interview to ask you. But like, do you just pick up the mic and scream? I mean, like, what was your process?
1: Um, Basically, okay. I'm going to try to emulate so and so.
0: Where, did you have stage fright? I mean, were you kind of nervous at that? That band
1: never played a show.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that makes it easier. So
1: uh, it kind of <laughs> split up. Two of the guys went on to form Awake. Okay. And then um, Joe came in and played guitar. Chuck, at the time, came in and played bass with the drummer from <laughs> Scrapple. And uh, we did this this short-lived band that was supposed to play our first show. We were getting ready to play our first show at this place called uh, Herman's Loft. Okay. And it was, it was upstairs. I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, at Herman's Loft earlier that same day, uh, our friends Dean and Scott McKee got arrested for murder there. So needless to say, that show did not happen. And uh,
0: so- There's a couple of murderers that you guys have played with or followed around, haven't you? Isn't there some other story? Yeah, Yeah, Fang. That was what Joe was telling me. We played with
1: him when he was on the road. But uh, so they got arrested at Herman's earlier in the day, so it was like a- a scene or whatever, right? Sure. Scene. I don't know if it's a crime scene, whatever they call it, but it was shut down. There was no show happening. Um, and then me and Joe would kind of talk, like, "Like this drummer, he's not, uh, yeah, good." Let's, let's, let, you know. And he's like, "Well, I got my buddy, my friend Rob, and I, you know, he's like, I played in some metal bands with him, and well, all right, let's do that." So, we flipped over, and that's when we became Slap Reality. And were you present for
2: the
0: guy getting slapped back into reality and that becoming the name? I
1: got to be honest. I don't remember how – I hate the name.
0: Yeah. Do you really?
1: Oh, I can't stand it. (laughs) Um, I don't remember what the origin was.
0: Yeah. Well, Joe said – they were sitting around in high school, and someone was talking shit and got just pimp slapped. And they said that guy got slapped back in reality or something. Okay, and that's where it came from. I want to, I want to spend a moment, if I can, on a young Rob Sexton because a young Rob think, Sexton. I don't think I'm ever get him on this show because he's he's got so he's got this rider. Right? He's like only when I'm not in a relationship. I don't have a child in my house anymore. I don't own a business I, like. He, he wants to be bulletproof where he can say whatever he wants to say without. I don't
1: know that he has any darker stories than the rest of us, but, you know, who knows? Well, he's we built it up into this,
0: him, so. this monumental thing, you know, yeah. he's afraid of opening his mouth. But was, you know, was he the curmudgeon at, at a young age that he's becoming in yeah. his dotage? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, his brother, was
1: this brother in a band or his brother? You know, he's an only child. Is it? His cousin, Maybe I'm confusing. Rick Okay, was our second guitarist.
0: That's what I'm thinking yeah. about. Okay. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. All right. So. Scrapple kind of disbands it, it it turns into a hybrid and becomes it turns into
1: uh, a band that never played out. That was called justice. Another phenomenal name. Nope. And then, uh, and then we became slap reality. And then our first show was at, uh, what was our first show? It was at the sunset. I can't remember who it was with. I want to say maybe it was with, uh, Cold, who was like Tampa legend, like Mike McHugh. Sure. And yeah. Those guys. Um, so yeah, that was our first Do you first remember show. that night? I do remember that night. Was it was it
0: uh, you know, everything? Was it adrenaline, fear, anxiety, just um, elation?
1: I would say I would say I get more nervous for shows now. Really? Like I was I didn't know anything. Well, probably now, I mean, I now you're trying friends. to be good at that point.
0: You're just probably trying to get through it.
1: Right. I'm thinking, all right, this might be the only time this ever happens. Sure, Let's yeah. just go out and have have fun. Right. And uh uh, yeah, I mean it, it. It went well, and there's kind of been no looking back since then. I mean, we, when
0: that happened, did you? Was there kind of a was there a definitive point like I'm in a band or I'm a musician now? Like,
1: um, probably when we like recorded our first. Game. Sure. Like we're like, all right, we've actually put some stuff down on. On tape? Cool. Right. It's yeah, real let's, now. Let's, let's, let's keep doing this. this
0: well, but, And you guys, have, like you mentioned, seven seconds. And I think it's Joe, Joe mentioned there was a time where like Green Day almost opened for you or something <laughs> like that.
1: So the near misses and fuck ups. This, sure. this would go into the fuck up okay. category. So on our uh, second U.S. tour, I want to say maybe it was around like 90. 90. Yeah, it was 90. So, you know, back then it's. Book it yourself, man. Go get you a, a dialer so you can click tones in a payphone and sure. not pay money. Right. You're not recording this, are you? No, no, no. Okay. And hey, uh and and so just book your own tour, right? Sure. So we're going through and we had the original drummer, uh Al Sobrante, which obviously is not his real name, but uh uh-huh. we had his his number. So I called him and I'm like, hey, we're trying to book some stuff in California. We're going to be there at this time. Because we had met them when they came through playing here, at like paint factory and stuff. And back then it was, yeah, small. And, you know, like you had to go out of your way to be a part
0: of this well you always and, hear about black flag getting the van the Minutemen man way Jamicano. you know you get That's your you was. get your ford van you sleep on friends kitchen floors
1: yeah you sleep in the van yeah you just hope to make enough gas money to, to, get, to get, get to the, to next, the next town place. right you dumpster dive we liberated all kinds of baked goods from state college pennsylvania dumpsters uh-huh. huh? but uh so i call him and he's like yeah let me uh let me find out give me call in a couple of days i'm like okay cool and so uh, i call him back in a couple of days i'm like so well you know hey al how's it going what's up He's like, well, he's like, I talked to Billy and uh, he's like, we could probably do it, but uh, you know, we could probably do like three or four shows in California, but you know, to do it, like we we would really need to open. And so I was like, all right, well, let me talk to everybody. Let's see. So we talked and, you know, at this time, more people may have known us than, sure. than Green Day. <laughs> God, this all feels so dumb to say, uh-huh. but uh, you know, it was 1990. It was, sure. it was a little different. So we were like, man, we're trying to find opening spots like on- Bigger shows. Right, right. We're like, let's just see what we can find. Anyway, so we said no.
0: And I, th- I almost think that's cooler than playing with them. It's not.
1: It's <laughs> it's a horrible fucking idea. But uh, it was a bad idea then because we ended up with no shows in California. Right. We slept for like four or five days on Sergi from Sam IM's, uh floor in, in Berkeley because every show we had fell through. Like, if we'd have just done the goddamn yeah. shows with Green Day. yeah. You Know but yeah, so that was the that's the so you play with stuff.
0: seven seconds. Did you play with Sam? am who are some of the other seven who,
1: seconds, Sam? IM, social distortion, uh, token entry, fugazi, Jawbox, MDC. Wow, um, I know I'm leaving some out instead. Well, then
0: Joe was telling me another cool story. So I went, all. oh, wow, so all is without um, Milo, right? Correct, yeah, okay. Um, this so-
1: version had. I think it was Scott Reynolds at that time.
0: Okay, okay. I went to St. Pete High, and uh, a, the the big punk like nexus there for me was uh, I think it was Hunter Herring was a drummer. I think it was Hunter Herring. I can't remember his last name, but he was a drummer for Down by Law. Yeah. And so, Joe was telling me the story about you guys being in Germany.
1: And blowing up their amps,
0: Right. And yeah. just playing together with them and like taking over vocals and all this other stuff. So, touring Germany, I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, I've listened Hunter to- Oswald.
1: It just came into my there head. There you
0: go. There you go. Yeah. Redhead guy. Yep. He was a ginger. Yeah. Yep. And, and for me, I don't think at that point yet they were on Epitaph, but at some point they put out a record on Epitaph and- you know, I was a, I was a label snob for a while there, you know, Revelation, Epitaph, Discord, you know, didn't even give a shit who the bands were. It was like, you're on this label, label, you're, you're worth my time. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, yeah. so being on Epitaph, you know, that was at the height of like bad that religion. Was the and, man, yeah. Oh, for sure. But, uh, so anyways, the, the point I was getting at is playing overseas, um, is as I understand it or hear it is a different world. The fans are different over there. Um, it's just, you know, I've heard with the Germans like, they're not very emotional and they're very critical, like of, you know, your voice wasn't working that night or I don't think you you know, was that your experience?
1: Um, <laughs> it was a while ago, but yeah, yeah I mean, they, it, it definitely, they were more supportive, I think as far as like coming out and sure. Stuff. Yeah. But yeah, as far as interaction with the crowd and the band, definitely different. Um, uh, if they were critical, I I don't know right. much because our communications were kind of right. uh, hobbled. Um, but it it was a hell of an experience. I mean, we had I'd never left the country before, and we had signed this was balance, which it's all bastardized, right? It. Yeah, it, it was that's me, Joe, and Dave. Like it's all the you know, it's it's, it's very incestuous. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So uh, I'd never left the country. And we had this like three song demo that we sent to this label called Snoop that was in Germany that had released some slap, the slap reality Fletch seven inch a few years back.
0: And right? how old are you around this time?
1: Uh, 22, okay. 21, 22. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and so I got a letter back cause that's what you got there. Yeah. You know, you're waiting. It's like, yeah, this is great. And we'd like to release your full length and do a, you know, a tour. And, and back then it was, okay, they're going to send us money to record. They're going to buy our plane tickets And we're going to have to hurry up and get this because they're booking the tour now. And we're going to go be in Europe. I want to say, was it, I can't remember if it was five or six weeks, but I remember it was like almost 40 shows. Wow. We had had two days off. Wow. Two. And it it was just crazy. We land, there's no one there to pick us up. Do you
0: bring your gear with you or do you lease gear when you get there? I know it's like, that's like a thing depending on the size of your band.
1: Yeah, it all depends. And like, it was different there than it was in South America. Yeah. Um, you they, played in south america too yeah we did two tours of brazil um not this band but again incestuous the sophomore effort but we, i know we brought our guitars and i want to say keith may have brought his cymbals in a snare like that's kind of been our standard yeah and then like we'll get back line like heads and caps. sure yeah and, and share a drum kit um but yeah we land and there was nobody there from the label so we're kind of like shitting. what our the fuck right do we
2: do yeah where do we go
1: I have no idea. Yeah. But then they showed up and it was just.
0: What fucking, an experience. Oh, it was insane. So you mentioned 90, I think, uh, this was a question that I was going to ask and it was a, it's a good lead in. So you have been in other bands besides Slap Reality.
1: Yes. Just, okay. I've never been in a band without Joe. Okay. Yeah.
0: So what are some of the other bands?
1: Uh, so we did Balance. Okay. That was Slap Reality. Joe and I quit Slap Reality and they got um, Brent.
0: Uh, is that something you can talk about or is that yeah. something? Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, so how did, how did that happen?
1: Just young, we were on the road a ton, and I think just irritated. We got we just got back from like an eight week tour, and had the opportunity to go back out. And I think like Robin, Rick wanted to do it. Like man,
0: I that's that's right. Yeah, some of you had family uh, stuff and significant other stuff. And I just
1: needed some some downtime after being crammed in a van with like six people for eight weeks. Right. You know, like man, um and you know you just just grow kind of. Right. Your nerves are just frayed. So anyway, back then, it wasn't like that you sat down and talked. Yeah, and it was like, well, at a business you know, meeting. Go where you're out. I'm like, okay, vlog off, we're done. Yeah. So, uh, um, so me and Joe quit, and then they got Brent. They put out another 7-inch. They did another tour with Brent. Uh, he, put, he picked up guitar and, and vocals. And uh, so me and Joe, uh, I quit playing probably for like a year, I'm, I'm thinking, or something like that. I can't quite remember. And then uh, so I, I, I moved back to New Jersey on my own. Uh, Just me at that time. I was like, you know what? Just I'm going to take like six months and just. Is this
0: getting back to when you meet your wife?
1: um,
0: Is this this time frame? No, no.
1: Uh, I'm like, I'm just going to go up there and I'm going to go back to college and I'm going to, you know, screw it. I'm done. Done playing music. And uh, so I called Joe one day, and uh, you know we were probably bullshitting about the box or something. And I was like, man, you know, like we should do a band, or I I don't remember if I said it or Joe said it, but he was like, yeah, okay, let me talk to Dave. I was in my car two days later, and I was driving back. Oh. And so we started balance. It was me and um, Sam Williams. Okay. From Da Yeah. And Yeah. Uh, and um, Keith Allray. Okay. And Joe. And so we... Uh, we and Kevin Koss, on okay. bass. So we wrote three songs, recorded them, sent them over to, to uh, Snoop, and they signed us from there. And then What was the
0: direction of that band versus slap? Would would you say it's right in the same lane or was it a little bit heavier or a little bit more earnest or Um
1: It was a little more technical probably Like do you guys talk I, I about influences
0: like like do you do you just
1: No, you just get just, in the room and a, yeah. you know, you're going to it's going to be between here and here. Yeah. And
0: the play between the 40s. You know, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I can't really say that it was a whole lot different than the right. production is not real good. So it makes it sound kind of like. Is that available on Spotify
0: or on stream No, I can stuff? send it to you. I would like, love uh, it. Yeah. I,
1: actually, I, I took out a sophomore effort CD to bring today and it's, uh, it's still on my bed. So, so
0: sorry. I, I'm the king of half big plans. And I have this one that Keith Olray Ol- and Ray Rowe and everybody try to talk me out of, but I want to do uh, the hardcore corridor, a book about Florida hardcore yeah. for the past three decades. And so everybody I have, I've sent, I had this outline and I sent it, I gave it to Keith, I gave it to Joe, I'll give it to you and it's like I want North, Central and South Florida hardcore bands, 90s, 10s and teens. Yeah. And just populate it and 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 then it, it the book writes itself cuz literally you can write 3 pages on each band and you got a decent sized book there but so I, I you know bal- that that names come up, of course Slap have come up but kind of the history of these bands, you know, throughout Florida there's a really strong signing, uh Seen in Gainesville, yep. Obviously, and then South Florida, you have like Floor and Torch, who came about a little bit later. But you know, there's it, it's it's amazing but unsung the Florida hardcore oh, punk great. scene. I think
1: I, I agree. It, it, we never to this day, none of the bands ever really caught on or did much of anything. Think of the biggest Florida. Florida
0: band is like For, Against Me or uh, Hot Water Music. Hot Water Music. Uh, yeah. I mean, Torch has gotten kind of big. Uh, and, I guess
1: Authority did well. Yeah um but but yeah we never caught on like we never
0: <laughs> well florida is such a you know it's funny I, I i you know i'm still super green in this world now but through the course of this show talking to tom to george talking to all these different people you know you kind of pick up bits and pieces and one of the things that not, i never realized is how inconvenient it is for the rest of the country to tour in florida yeah. yep. and that's a that's a problem because You know, especially now with COVID, as the kind of the travel routes dry up because these, you know, there's less and less reason to kind of go off on this little fucking peninsula that hangs off at the bottom of the country, and 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 so vice versa. That's also true. I think if big bands aren't coming through playing, then you can't open for big bands here, and it just becomes this kind of you know dividing line that that comes up. But there's a very you know, I, I Florida, you know, there's this whole phraseology now about florida man now florida is just this kind of swampy shithole of of fundamental religion methamphetamines blazing heat you know in it's just this kind of you know it's like the highest per capita of riding lawnmower incidents in the country yeah (laughs) and uh but Something about that is hardcore to me.
1: Like, I kind of like this. Serial killers come here to retire. You know, they make their final kills.
0: Well, you look at LA and that's, you know, you had all, you had, I was, I've been just killing on Netflix all the, I just did the uh, Night Stalker documentary. Yeah, I just finished that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's this transient nature, you know, where serial killers kind of come up. There's a very transient, nature. You can kind of come and go without people seeing you. And it's funny because I think art pops up in a lot of these places too, where you kind of have this, this kind of friction of different cultures yep. of different socioeconomic, you know, f- things pop up. It's a fertile ground for, for serial killers in art. So, but, <laughs> but uh, in any event, uh, yeah, but I, I I always wonder how Florida can kind of re-enter the conversation or enter the conversation as it were.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's been so many great bands. It, I'm biased. I I'm, I know. But for me, like that BP record, that might be one of the best hardcore records. Yeah. Period. I mean, that's just such a great, great, great record. Right. That did well. Right. But it is heads and tails of the best record, I think, to ever come out of Florida. Um, and just one of the best records, period. Have your
0: musical uh, tastes evolved? Do you um, think from, from the 22 year old? I mean, when you get in your car now or when you're at the gym or when you're whatever, wherever is you do I, where I, you have music I, yeah, on? I don't go you, to
1: the gym. You might well, not have been able to tell that. but
0: Pocky, you're a beautiful man. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, wh- wherever music is played in um, your presence, I mean.
1: Like, I mean, I, new bands yeah, enter. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that they're musically different. Right. Uh, my tastes have always been somewhat varied. Like I, uh, I always tend towards the more melodic side. For sure. sure. Even like within hardcore, I, I
0: would always. Well, so out. that's an interesting segue because you know when you're talking about sloppy reality sound, you're wearing a Sam I Am shirt, yeah. and I mean it's definitely there's a there's a through line between those two bands, mm-hmm. and so melodic hardcore, I guess, would be in the absence of a, a, a better you know name for it, kind of what it is that you guys trade yeah. in. Um, and, and so that you mentioned offspring, you mentioned green day, you know, there's all these bands, you know, those more known, less known, but they all kind of fall within that. Uh, Have you ever, have you ever had aspirations to, to tread outside of that lane or go heavier, go lighter, go, okay.
1: Not really. Acoustic. Um, There's
0: no acoustic album in your future.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did, uh, we did just track one that is a good bit. Different from anything else we've done that'll be on the new record, okay. Um, but you know, it, it's a one off, I wouldn't want to. Well,
0: you guys have a number of covers that I've I've listened to, okay. and they're all kind of southern rock. If I, if I, or at least two of them were, if I could, it was a Fortunate Son one, or there was a Creed's Clearwater. I thought,
1: oh, uh, uh, what the hell did we just do? Bad Moon Rise,
0: Bad something. Moon Rise, okay, that's yeah. what it was.
1: We did that, we've done Petty, uh, Tom Petty, American Girl, so kind of the slap reality th- like thing was. We always put like an old sure. rock and roll song on it. Like we did Just What I Needed on the first LP. We yeah. did American Girl on the second LP. Um, the, the Bad Moon Rising one was we were on two comps. One was like a Halloween themed comp, and the other was a Christmas themed comp. So Bad Moon Rising was on the last, right? Like, All right, let's do that. And then we did Wham's Last Christmas for the one of the Christmas best Christmas songs one. ever. It's crazy. That yeah. was, I was very scared. Yeah um and we just recorded a new album and we have another so let's talk about album. the new album is okay. it
0: is it as an lp is it a full it's, full length
1: yep it's a full length i think there's 12 or 13
0: wow so that's it. a decent size album so
1: yeah i mean it's been a few years in the making so what's the started. process on
0: on these is it is it does it usually start off with lyrics is it start off with uh
1: music for me always like i like to write the words around it like we'll get music somewhat locked in at least parts right? Sure. Not know counts or, or anything like that. But we've got the parts and I just try to find like one little hooky part of a chorus or something lyrically. Right. Like, okay. Now I'm going to write the whole rest of the song around it. Yeah. The past two songs that I went and did vocals for, because once this whole uh, pandemic thing started, we didn't see each other as much sure. as everything was different. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try something different. I'm going to write lyrics and I'm going to make them fit at home on GarageBand and ended up coming up with some different. Like phrasings and patterns that I normally would. Right. Like, this is kind of cool. So now I've got like a building a notebook full of lyrics. I'm going to see if that continues to work in the future. That's badass. But 90% of the time, it's it's uh, music, and then I put lyrics to
0: it. And you guys are a five piece now, right? Five piece. Yeah. So uh, Rob on drums, Joe on guitar, you on vocals, and then the bass player and the, and the second guitarist, who are they again? Uh, We have Dave, Dave
1: Peralta on the other guitar and Greg Moore uh, from No Fraud. And, and uh, he's done tons of stuff around here uh, playing bass.
0: Now at some point, and let me choose my words carefully. Did you, is there a certain point along the way where you say, okay, this is what this is going to look like moving forward. I'm going to have a profession and do this on the side. Like, is there at, s- at some point where that kind of is a decision you make or a conclusion you arrive at?
1: I, I think it it just happens, like, organically. I mean, we never had any <laughs> taste of, like, being able to do that for sure. a living. Like, that just never
0: But you have um, a, an storm. itch that you're scratching. I mean, oh, there's no it doubt. would be we very to easy York to and stop and doing it, you know, and get caught up in work, get caught up in being I, a dad.
1: I, I think the New York thing was, at least for me... Okay, I'm not ever gonna be able to do something like that again. Like, yeah, completely uproot my life. I kind of took the win out of yourselves, and, yeah. Right. I'm like, but I want to keep playing. I don't want to keep playing seriously and releasing stuff and touring when my schedule, you know, allows. Right. And you know, that's where we're at now. Like, you know, sophomore effort. We released an LP in in Brazil. Okay, cool. Brazil is is a 10 day tour for the whole country. All right, so we. How did was that? that?
0: How was South America? I know we're skipping around, but I want to ask about Rid- that. Ridiculous. Yeah,
1: it was. I mean, it's probably the best tours I've ever been on, as far as like people coming and 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 stuff like that. It was just amazing. Just that ridiculous. music scene
0: down there is so interesting because you know I this is not in that vein, but I just remember Sepultura when they came out. You know, because I because. It, I got it. I think I was into punk first, but very soon thereafter was injustice for all. Okay. And that became the gateway drug. And then guns and roses, which is a little bit rockier, but then Sepulchre came out and just, I was like, this is fucking insane. Like that was like the, the hardest. Right. Music. And recording
1: here at Mars. Oh right? yeah.
0: <laughs> I, well, that's was that. So Michael, who produces this show every now and again, he's like, give me a list of who you want on the show. And every time more sound guys are on there. So, I've, I've represented guys in Morbid Angel. Uh, you know, I'd love to have Corpse Grinder on, you know, all these right. things. I have such a, a, talking about that dark music that's always on the periphery, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's for me is the, the thing that kind of keeps me on the edge a little bit, despite, you know, going home and making peanut butter and jellies for my three-year-old and yeah, all that stuff. So. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so Brazil, you, the fans were receptive. They were into it and it was, it was,
1: it was beautiful um, women down there. Uh, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That's, that's <laughs> you don't know personal no, from personal so that's, experience.
1: That's what I heard. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but it, it was it was amazing. I yeah, because we would go uh, July, which is wintertime, obviously down that's there. That's right. So the weather was you know similar to our winter. Sure, so it's phenomenal. Right, and the country varies a good bit. Like down south, our label was down south in a state called uh, Santa Catarina. Okay, it's on an island. It's man, it's gorgeous. Like just absolutely gorgeous. And so we start there. Kind of work your way up all the way up to Rio. And it just – just like here. Like everywhere you go, it's totally different. Different, right. Go playing in Sao Paulo. We played with uh, – there's this band um, in Brazil called Dead Fish. Okay. Huge. I mean like bad religion size. Really? In Brazil. Okay. So we opened for them there in Sao Paulo, you know, the biggest freaking city with the biggest – I don't know how many people were there, but it was just outrageous. How was that for
0: you? Is, is is you know is there that reverse correlate where the more people, kind of the less aware you are of the people there? Versus you know, pl- I always here playing a show for eight or eight thousand. You'd re- you know, I'd rather play for.
1: We do the. We're going to do the same show. Yeah, like, like that's kind of and like I'll give credit to bandmates. Like no matter what, we're going to do the same thing for eight or eight hundred or whatever. It just depends on how receptive those eight or. I can't say eight thousand. I wish it was, yeah. but but eight or two thousand, sure, are, right? Because yeah. you can play to a thousand people that just don't give a shit. Yeah, and it's it not a good night. It's, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and <laughs> you had those the, nights. Yeah, 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 oh for sure. Where you get booked at somewhere you're like, how in the hell did we get booked here? And then you have your ones that just surprise you. Like we we played Rapid City, South Dakota, at a place called what was it called. uh romeo's hideaway or some shit like that yeah and uh it was in well you know the 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 joke from uh from spinal tap you know it's if you're ever in uh days in in topeka kansas it was in a days in in rapid city south dakota Uh, roman's rendezvous that's what it was Uh called and uh we go in holy shit one of the best shows i've ever really it was probably 75 people there every song that we had released on vinyl up until that point they knew oh wow and they're coming on stage and sit like for me, like that's the pinnacle. Like, that's
0: just amazing to know your reach and just these little pockets of influence that you those have. towns
1: are way better than the big cities. Yeah, always. Yeah, always. Florence, South Carolina. Well, because
0: that's that's what they get. Like like you so tonight's your night to go out and shine. Like yep. you know you're, you're like
1: Tampa was that way. Like when when we were younger. Oh, for sure. We used to go to every show. Yeah, like, three four nights a week. It didn't matter. You were the same kids were going to see Morbid Angel, Nasty Savage, that were going to see fang and doa so i'm a a show nerd
0: tell me do you remember some like are there shows that you went to that stand out in your mind like i always love hearing like
1: all in chemical people at the sunset okay dave Smalley. okay absolutely life-changing sure mind-blowing um uh, reason to believe uniform choice and uh down in South Florida, we saw them. Okay. Uniform Choice was late. So reason to believe who was John Bosch, they went on to do Sense Yeah. One of my favorite bands ever. Um they got to play two sets.
2: Oh wow. Because
1: we we're Uniform Choice was wait was late rather. So we were waiting for them to show up. So this was like a huge bill. I was like Gorilla biscuits, and
2: I think Joe told me about the story. Yeah yeah, 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 we all drove yeah, yeah. down yeah, yeah. there
1: because I don't know. Joe might have been in the car with Charles that flipped going across Alligator Alley. Oh, Jesus, he fell asleep. I don't, rem- <laughs> I don't remember who was with him. But uh, so that one, yeah, just mind blowing. But if I had to go, just best show I've ever seen. All in chemical
2: people. Wow. It was just.
1: Did
0: you ever go to the old fairgrounds when they used to do shows at the fairgrounds? So my my seminal show for me was. So funny. It was Stone Temple Pilots, but it wasn't the Stone Temple Pilots that I was there to see. The Butthole Surfers opened up for the Stone Temple Pilots. And, you know, talking about dark music, they they were the, the drug punks, which was a whole other, just this absurd circus of like carnival <coughs> yep. people. And that was, you know, with hardcore music, you don't, I'm not going to say that you, you don't get a lot of drugs, but the aesthetic that they kind of put forth a lot of times at the straight edge was kind of... You know, we don't do that shit. And I remember with Puddle Servers, like, we do enough for everybody. So you don't have
1: to. <laughs> I was at the show that they played down in Bradenton. Yeah. The one that they often talk about. Yeah. Where their dancer got pulled down into the crowd and bass player came in, beat up by skinheads. Like, that was, yeah. that was nuts. That was like one of the first four or five shows I ever went to. Yeah. I just remember standing in the back, just like,
2: just a bl- just chaos yeah
1: like the first show i ever went to period i had never seen a band play live this isn't like for punk rock credibility or the first live concert i ever went to was snfu and post-mortem at dream window studio wow City. first show i'd ever been to wow i mean it wasn't much bigger than this room yeah and i i mean i was terrified i mean but like Euphorically, terrifying. sure.
0: It's like that's horrible. I want to see it again. Like, yeah, terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, my friend Ray took me. I don't think I left his side. I'm like, oh my god, what am I? seeing? Sure. There? When are we coming again? Right, right, right. Yeah. Like that confirmed. Yes, this w- is what I want to do.
0: I had the I had the the, the fortunate and unfortunate. Uh, m- my first show was the Steel Wheels Rolling Stones okay. at the at the Old Sombrero, and you know, I I remember the big inflatable women on the side and all that. And then like after that, it was, it was Pink Floyd and just these huge concerts with all this stuff. And then that's when I think smaller shows started to appeal to me because yeah. as cool as those are as a, as a, you know, an event, I really liked being this far from the singer and, yep. you know, Oh, I can feel his sweat. is like, Oh, his shoe kicked me in the face. You know, okay. yep. there was that connection that you just couldn't get with the, the bigger events.
1: Absolutely. And I, I, never been to like a big show like that or had never been For to sure a big show like that <laughs> we went later um me rob and rick there's embarrassing but yet funny story uh debbie gibson does indeed oh, yeah. own a slap reality shirt because we went to go see her at the sundome that's badass and we rolled one up and we threw it at her and it hitter on stage so i'm sure she doesn't yeah. still own yeah it, but we all had a little debbie
0: Gibson that's pretty that cool
1: obsession but oh. uh but that was like the first okay this isn't a tiny little space show right and that was like just more for kicks
2: right for right right to laugh
1: at um so yeah i i for me i don't get the appeal like a, i'm like man you're for everything you just said i'm like You're so far. Right. It's more like being at a circus. Yeah. Yeah. Just watch it at home.
0: So I grew up in St. Pete. So Janice Landing was where I saw the bulk of my shows. And I remember seeing Guar there and Mighty Mighty Boston's were huge when I was like in eighth grade, ninth grade. You know, they played there all the time. And, you know, there's that sad Scott, (laughs) (laughs) which I, I say sad. I mean, there's, there's, there's value, there's value there's there's value in it too. But I, you know, in any event. Um, so. Switching gears a little bit yep. here, Hatrick Swayze. Tell me about uh, hockey and how that became a part of your life.
1: Okay, so I mean, I grew up watching it.
0: Sure, hockey. Never. Were you a Devils fan never, or? Uh,
1: um, as a kid, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I watched the Devils. I watched like the Ron Duguay, Phil Esposito era yeah. Rangers. Um, and then uh, when I came down here, again, no internet, no, you couldn't really follow anything, right? So, kind of fell out of touch with hockey until 92 when when they, when they announced the team here or 91, I can't remember now, but, uh, I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And so got way back in hockey, got season tickets and and all that stuff, but didn't start playing probably until like, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago.
0: So Uh, did you have to teach yourself to skate like that? 12, 13 years ago? Or did you, okay. A
1: little bit when I was younger. Um, not very well, not very well, but, uh, we went to go watch a friend of mine. His uh, his buddy was playing in like the entry level league up in Brandon. So he's like, "Man, he's always telling me to come watch him. Why don't you meet me there? We'll have a few beers. We'll watch him." I'm like, "Yeah, okay, cool." So I went and watched him. And, like, man, we can do that. Like, right. That, that seems like a ton of fun. Like, let's let's do it. Right. And uh, so we talked to another friend of ours. I'm like, you know what? I'm going in right now. Like, full monty. I'm buying all the gear, giving myself no way to back out. So. Many dollars later, I the shit started coming in via delivery. First thing I got was were skates. So I'm like, all right, hey, we're going up to Oldsmar for an open skate. Let's, I could not let go of the wall. I called my wife. I'm like, what have I gotten I made a horrible into? mistake. I'm like, yeah, I immediately
0: regret this decision. And, uh,
1: so then like <laughs> anything else, if I got to replace a dishwasher, but I go on a YouTube. I'm like, all right, let me see. What do I What do I have to do? Right. Learned a couple of things and went back and I'm like, okay, that's like 300% better. Cool. Yeah. And then just started playing. Eventually you get yeah. a little bit better and uh so met guys and the you know playing league hockey league hockey is not the Swayzes but then uh they do tournaments like man okay cool it's two games a day four games in a weekend it seems like a lot of fun so uh a buddy of mine's like hey man so-and-so dropped out do you want to come play tomorrow right with us? I'm like, yeah so I did it the first i I'm like, oh this is great I gotta start my own team right so I just plucked a bunch of my friends that I played with up there yeah and uh we entered, and at the last minute, they're like, hey, you guys need a name. I don't know. So we just went line stupid hockey team names. Right. It's not like an original thing by any stretch. And we saw, they're like, okay, uh, yeah, whatever, hat tricks, Swayze's go. And so we did it. We had a blast, and it's just kind of morphed into a life of its own. So coming up this Memorial Day, that's going to be like our 20th tournament together. Right. And it's so many, probably like. Two thirds, three quarters of the same guys that played in the first—that's pretty one impressive. Are playing in the twentieth and haven't missed one. Wow! You know, come hell or high water, some people got divorced over it, um, but because uh, it's Memorial Day, Labor Day, we don't miss them. Like, that's it.
0: Now, do you have line changes and all that stuff at oh, that yeah. level? Like you have enough guys it's, that you're switching in and out?
1: Yeah, yeah. We have. We usually skate um, like fifteen for the tournaments because we're old and yeah, we need help. So that gives you, like, three forward lines, three pairs of D. But, yeah, it's all the same except much, much, much slower, less skilled. Any fights? And, uh, yeah, it happens. But, honestly, the people that do it are –
0: What's that documentary that came out not too long ago? Like the battered and bruised – Oh, the uh, one with uh, – Is it the Penguins or the Bruins or – They basically just hired – They just hired, like, every criminal from every team and they just – Beat the living shit out of everybody else. <laughs> that was a great documentary. I can't remember the there's, name. There's it. a
1: few out. Tough guy was one of them. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. There's a few. Yeah, but yeah. So now we do the tournaments and uh, as hat tricks waysies.
0: So what do you do? I, I saw it. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But you work for a bank, or what? What is it that you? So uh,
1: I'm in the uh, exciting, high paced world of cybersecurity auditing. Yeah. How
0: did you get into that?
1: Um, so when I- mean, I, you're
0: pretty high up at this point.
1: Um, I, I'm a VP there. It's not- Okay. Yeah, we're, we're a dime a
2: dozen. Okay. But,
1: uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, when we moved to New Jersey- Right. My brother was in the mortgage business. Okay. So I was like, hey, Kevin, I'm going to need a job. Can you get me- So he got me like to some entry-level bullshit thing at the mortgage company that he worked for. And so when we moved back, I was like, I need a job again. And, uh, so- at the time I had a friend that worked, they're like, "Yeah, oh, I worked at the help desk at Chase. I'm like, well, I don't, I didn't even own a computer. I'm like, well, I don't know anything about that. I'm like, no, you really just need to know the business side of it. They'll teach you the computer side. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And Take it till you make
2: it. So yeah. So I went. Yeah.
1: And I knew the business side of it. So I was able to help those calls. And they taught me the other side, just like they said. And I kind of I was like, wow, this is cool. Like I actually kind of like this. So I stayed in that spot for a year and moved into like a more like information security type role and have been there it's going to be I don't even know 23 years yeah it's going to be 22 years 23 years in september something like that
0: well from an outsider's perspective you know one of the things that i always struggle with is is balance you know balance between being a dad being a husband yeah. uh you know being going to work taking care of your health you know all these things that you got to do and, you know, it seems as though you've managed it pretty okay. I mean, you've, you know, obviously are an involved family man, but you've been able to carve out this world with music and hockey. Yeah. You know, these, I, I wonder, you know, has that been a struggle? Has it um, come naturally? Is it?
1: It, uh, sorry, man, I'm getting warm. It, uh, it, it causes some, some yeah. trouble at home from sure. time to time. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, hockey, I play two days a week. So, but my wife, she's a dance teacher.
0: Okay. And that's the best is if you can line up your hobbies with their hobbies. Well,
1: she gets like the art thing. And so she appreciates the music part of it. Maybe not the music itself, but that's it. Yeah. So that part's not so much a problem. Um and she works on the weekends,
0: what type of dance so, teacher
1: uh ballet really jazz, where has uh Brandon school of dance? okay,
0: Because my wife is really big into ballet, oh, and so okay, she 's yeah. gone to a bunch of the school they probably um, know each other
1: yeah they've been doing she's been doing it for oh god i don 't know since she's like three um and teaching that 's been her only
2: right profession. Outlet. I mean, yeah
1: yeah so um uh the weekends it kind of works out because she she works early Saturdays, works early Sundays, so I play Saturday nights. So she doesn't really care because we don't really do
2: much right. on Saturday nights. So right. She has
1: to get up early. So, have you
0: guys been booking shows for this new album? Have you talked at all about that, or is that uh, something you're looking yeah, at?
1: Not, not ready to go back yet.
0: Yeah. When is the album coming out?
1: Um, so I don't really know. It's going to be.
0: Is it all of, recorded? Is it written? I, where's, oh where's yeah, that? it's all.
1: I have one song that I have to sing. Okay. Other than that it's it, it's done. Um, you know, it's going to be up to the label. You know, kind of timing wise. What what they feel is is best?
0: Where do you guys record? Do you use the same studio every time? Or do so you? we
1: actually record at, at Dave's house. Dave has like a, a phenomenal studio, okay. set up at his house, and then my brother has like a full on studio in New Jersey. Okay, he handles all the mixing. And on this, oh, I'm getting far away there. That's all right. um, uh So he handles all the mixing. But we did like a bunch of of guest spots on this okay. album. So uh, on two of the songs, like uh, Stephan Edgerton from Descendants, all yeah, like he mixed. A Couple of them, oh wow. Um, and then like we have some people that either I grew up like being into that were sure. huge influences or people that we kind of came up playing music together, whatever, just bands we like. Like we have a uh, like Chris Wallard from Hot Water Music yeah. sings on a song. Um, the guys from Shades Apart sing on a song. Wow. Uh, we got uh Dave Smalley's on, gonna be on a track, Th- that's the last one that I have yeah. to sing. Um, we got a few other things. My one of my favorite. Uh, local band singers, Ben Backer from, he was in Rumors of War. Now he does in Transit. He sings on a track. Um, so like, you know what?
0: Have you guys ever done that before? That many no. guest singers? So yeah, how did that, how did that idea come and, about? Just let's try something different.
1: Yeah. Well, Sam from Down By Law. Yeah. They did it. He did a record where he had all these guests. I'm like, you know what? That's really cool, man. Yeah. I'm like, let me just get people that I know and like, and, you know, I'll throw it out there. If it's right. a Swing and a miss. Like we asked a couple that, we're like, ah, I can't or whatever. So there were a couple others I'd like to have, but the timing just wasn't right. Right. Um, but most people were really cool about it. Like, so like I didn't know the guys from Shades Apart from Adam, but I was like, all right, hey, we were both on skiing at the same time. Like we knew of each other right, right. Like, and all that stuff. And it's uh, so like, yeah, cool. So I mean, that was awesome. Chris Wallard, like he used to come watch us play. He lived down in Bray. Like we sort of knew him, but hadn't talked to him in many years. But so, you know, I was like, all right, I don't know if this is still your cell phone number. So, apology in advance. The shot in the dark, is. yeah. And uh, I was like, but you know, and I gave him the spiel. You know, like 10 minutes later, I get, a, I get a picture sent back from him. He's, he's holding the slap and He's stuck inside seven. He's like, hell yeah, I'm in.
2: I'm oh, like, wow. That's awesome. That's you, badass. you
1: know, and uh, I just thought it would be cool just to do that.
0: So, when is it coming out?
1: Uh, it's it's really all going to be up to the label. When oh, okay, the, like, you mentioned that because like, we want to be able to play.
0: Sure, to, to support. Right, it. right, right. Okay. So we're
1: like, all right, but we don't want it to come out and then not be able to do anything.
0: My so Elliot, uh, do you know Elliot Mayo? He, he works I, here. I know he sings for vacancy, and he's he uh put out uh, this band Wreath on New Granada with mm-hmm. Keith, and uh, they literally like released it mid February last year. It's like yeah. that was amazing to put all of our effort into an album, drop it, and then it's, never get to play it for anybody. Yeah,
1: it's like who knew? Well, like because this record is coming out, uh, it's on Toy Box, which is like an old. They've been around for well, like twenty something years. Right, did some of the early Hot Water Music stuff, Less Than Jake stuff. And then uh Sean, who runs the label, went to go work for Victory doing like all the art yeah. there. And anyway, he kind of re brought it back, you know, uh, reinvented it here. So we're gonna we're gonna put it out with him. Um, but it's also coming out like on a on another label in Japan, or I think we have a label coming up soon in, in Europe. But like we've had to try to keep all this stuff together over the past 18 months. Yeah, so, okay, hopefully you guys will stay. Because the label that was releasing it in the, gone. They're, they're gone. Yeah. So we we had to scramble to try to find another label and it just worked out.
0: Um, you guys, you guys, uh, what, what, there's a line, do you ever see the movie way of the gun?
1: Mm-mm.
0: So it's Benicio del Toro and Ryan Philippi and James Kahn. And there's, there's a line there. It's like, it's like one thing you, one thing you can tell about an old man is that he's a survivor or something about that. And, uh, you know, the thing with slap of reality is you guys are survivors uh, you know, Joe, Joe said, uh, you know, I don't think we'll ever break up, but, we'll, you know, there may be 10 years between us yeah. doing anything. But you guys have kind of figured out a way to kind of have longevity and kind of exist no matter what the atmosphere is at the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's very true. Like, uh, you know, we did that the first couple seven inches and in LP and then we broke up and then we got back together. We did that second LP that was supposed to be with Electra um and there's also a, a good metal blade story in there too.
0: I'm down for a good metal blade. Um
1: so. <laughs> so well I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, tell sure. that real. so we when we broke up we didn't really talk, right? right? Me and Joe talked but we didn't really talk with with the other guys, Rob yeah. or anybody. Yeah. And uh so anyway, once we got this offer thing, we we're like, all right, we should let's let's all meet up. We met up at some pizza joint in Brandon and uh like and kind of buried the hatchet and all that. <laughs> At that time, the hatchet almost was came to the Babe's out. pizza perchance? chance. No, it oh. was uh it's not there anymore. What the hell was it called? That place. Cityside. Oh, okay. Like by uh yeah. by the old sound idea. And so um Rob's like, well, we got these other two letters while we were broken up. Maybe we can reach back out to them because it was his address. So one was from Hollywood, owned by Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and the other was actually from your like,
2: Disney album.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was like from uh Brian Swagel, like yeah. from Metal Blade. Yeah, like we're looking to sign a melodic punk alphabet. So they ended up, they signed the Goo Goo Dolls, and, and not to say that we would have had parallel paths. A
0: very different Goo Goo Dolls in at beginning. the beginning. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, so that one worked out. Yeah. And then Hollywood signed Seaweed, which Seaweed should have been huge because yeah. awesome, but it never cut on. But I'm like, fuck, dude, that hatchet's about to come out. Why the fuck didn't you call us? He's right. like, well, we weren't really talking. Yeah. But uh <laughs> so you know, I don't remember where we were going with this.
0: Metal Blade. Today.
1: Ah, so yeah. So the Google Goo Dolls thing. That's right. another one of yeah. those. That would just be near miss, not fuck
0: up. Right. Just, you know. So this this is not important probably to anybody else but but me and and maybe you. But the, the fact that I was aware of you before I ever met you, tell me about the article that you, you posted oh. it on Facebook okay. not too long ago. It was my recollection was it wasn't creative love, but there's these weekend rags that always came out, you know, in yep. Florida. And if you went to a bar, or if you went to a pizza shop or whatever, they're always right there by the door. Yep. And I'd always go through because they'd always have a lot of stuff about the local music scene. And if I recall, it was almost a full pager. Yep. And there's a picture, you do know, if you're skateboarding or standing on the top of a hill or you're doing something yeah. with your arms outstretched. it. If my memory serves down like the left margin is almost like a bio of you is that it, it, yeah. it is so yeah. it,
1: it was uh it was players magazine
0: what year are we looking at
1: um we're probably looking
0: late at 80s it. early 90s
1: yeah yeah probably right around 90s sure. i would say um it, and they did like a player's profile of whatever it was however frequently they published right are monthly or whatever so they had like pick like a musician and uh it was kind of always the same you know it was
0: Age, hometown,
1: yeah, whatever you're into. Biggest yeah. misconception, yeah. influence, blah 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 blah. What, you know, whatever the questions were, and uh, so anyway, so they they call them like, hey, do you want to do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so they're like, okay, meet me. That's Bayshore Boulevard. Yeah, yeah. I'm standing on the wall. Oh, really? Bayshore Boulevard, like leaning over. Holy the, shit! The I had water. no
0: idea that's what that was. Yeah,
1: and so I'm wearing a, a bright Buckster. orange Vinnie Testaverde.
0: Jersey. And if I recall, you had a flat top, and
1: I had a flat top, yeah, and. Uh, and uh, well, probably still vans. Back then, we were.
0: You look like a. I just remember you were this in that picture. You look like a fucking. I mean, you look like you played for the Bucks, and I was just. <laughs> well, it it appealed to me because I, you know, that's, you know, kind of the world that I occupy. Like people, right. people want to talk about football to me, and it's like, I don't fucking know anything right, about right. football. You know, let's talk about Henry Rollins, or let's right. talk about whatever. And so I, re- I just remember something about that picture, and. Uh, You know, speaking of, I think in that magazine, Henry Rollins had come to town and there was an interview with him and Mm -hmm. there's all this other stuff. But I remember that picture. And so, you know, as I've done this podcast, as I've gotten to meet local music people and kind of made these connections on there, just out of the blue, you posted that. And I just remember that clear as day. I was like, holy shit. That's a blast from the past.
1: At at that time, me and Joe had season tickets. Yeah. Um, We may or may not have been printing them ourselves. I can't recall. But we had season tickets. And uh, I get a a letter from the Buccaneers, yeah. And uh, so you know, came Manila envelope, like, and I'm thinking myself, oh shit,
0: oh, there's a subpoena. Yeah, they they caught on. Coming in,
1: and uh, so I open it up, and it's that picture, autographed by Vinny Testaverde. Oh wow! And then a black and white eight by five, or uh, eight and a half by eleven, rather. That's signed. You know, thanks for the support, Vinny Testaverde, number fourteen. And there was, and there was a letter. Basically, he saw it. And he was very funny and very humble. I need to I'll post the letter when I go
0: home. Well, For recollection and, was Testaverde wasn't getting a ton of love when he was exactly. playing. Exactly. And so that was, was probably, his whole point. Yeah, he was like,
1: he's like, hey, finally. He's like, I really appreciate <laughs> seeing somebody actually wearing my jersey right, on purpose right, right. or something. I can't remember exactly how it was worded. So I immediately called Joe. I'm like, Joe, you're not gonna fucking believe <laughs> this, you know? And uh, so that was like the coolest thing to me was was to get that because me and Joe were
0: yeah, I, I know you guys. I know you met my wife, but my wife and Oliver. This is her I don't have my wife's, but this is her cousin Angela. They're all Bucks cheerleaders. Okay. So, you know, I hear I hear Sam Weiss stories and Testa stories, and you know, it's
1: it's did it's, Joe tell you the prank call in Sam Weiss? No.
0: No, yeah. Well tell me.
1: Well, Keith Orey was staying or somebody came into town that was friends with Sam Weiss's daughter. Okay. And of course Keith yeah. knew me and Joe are ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm like, dude get his home phone number no matter what you do so he got it at this time he was sucking so me and joe just what was it was it star 67 that didn't oh show yeah. Number or yeah, whatever yeah back then we used to prank call the hell at a at a sam that's, fucking awesome. So, that's awesome yeah that frank was,
0: that was our life thank you so much for coming in for this is me. everything i hoped it would be i can't wait for when the studios get around to putting out the new album i can't wait to see you guys play live uh, your story is great. Your band is just a, a staple of uh, you know it's a it's one of the Godfathers of the local scene, and so it's 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 an honor. And hopefully, you'll get Dave in here next. Uh,
1: yeah, he'll do it.
0: I'm, yeah. I'm 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 working my way to Rob. We'll I, have I,
1: fishing stories.
0: Yeah, fishing. I'm I'm down. I yeah. there's a scene in old school where they they're, they pull up in a van and they kidnap somebody. I, I think I'm going to do that to Rob at yeah. some point. Just a pillowcase over the head, throw him in the truck, we'll and drive it. him over here. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. It's yeah. really nice to meet you in person. Thanks, man. All right, Appreciate have it. a good night.